Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Lily, what's something that works so well that it's basically magic? I, not to be so American, but I love aircon. Another thing that works like magic is selling whatever you want to sell on Shopify. And you're using Shopify? I'm using Shopify magic to whip up captivating content that converts. And do they have amazing customer service when you have a snag or a rafu? Oh yes, when a rafu comes to town, my dear, I simply call them, I phone them up on my telephone. Oh, so wonderful. What you need to do is you need to sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash book club now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash book club. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Celebrity Book Club. that knocking at the door it's all your friends you filthy whore your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill it's hollywood it's books it's gossip i'm shook it's memoirs it's martinis it's studio 54 it's celebrity book club come read it while it's hot celebrity book club tell your secrets we won't talk celebrity book club no boys are allowed celebrity book club Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, hey best, best friend. friend. Um, <laughs> what the freak is up, Stephanie Phillips Horst? Hello, my redorkulous hornculus. It's so good to see you. I know we're isolated due to COVID <laughs> once again. Once again, my girlfriend, not friend of the pod, um, <laughs> finally got COVID. Late to the game. Literally late to the game. She got really like small batch chapbook indie COVID. You know, we live and Whatever, learn. Whatever, <laughs> we live and learn. So before we recorded, I was like, let me take you for a really secluded walk to kind of get you moving. And so I took her to this salt marsh trail that I recently discovered in Marine Park. And oh, gorgeous. Again, I, this sounds like the kind of place that like a woman jogging at 5 a.m. finds a body. It's so body. It's so murder. She was like being like, this is not cute. There was like trash everywhere. It was like the most <laughs> murderous trail anyone can ever take. We came upon literally in this. We get to start seeing the water like within the marsh. And like there's just a woman in a in huge the hat digging in mud in the mash alone. 
with Wait, a what? bucket. You literally saw someone digging literally a grave, someone a digging. shallow grave for someone they just murdered? And then we came upon a fully abandoned, rusted, old car filled with rocks. That's terrifying. Um, and yeah, she was kind of like, this is weird <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> This sounds like this movie I watched on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. I'm a film buff. Okay. Um, and I watched this movie called The Night House with Rebecca Hall from um, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And it's this movie about her, like, her husband dies and she's living in this, like, kind of modern farmhouse on a lake. And then she discovers that there's, like, an identical, like, house that's in reverse being built oh, on the other side of the house. Okay, and it's kind of like spooky. an architecture thriller. <laughs> Okay, well, speaking of architecture thrillers. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this book is an architecture thriller. I've been reading it for a few days and it is a ride and a half. So the book we read, it's by a little someone that, oh, maybe you've heard of him. Sorry, he's only one of the top interior designers in the country. Nate Burkus. Hello. Um, his book is called The Things, Things That, that Matter. Matter. And honey, it's a tome. Okay, this is a coffee table book. I've got the uh, the dead tree version over here. It's quite heavy. And of course, I demanded that we read this book this week because I was like, I need something easy. And I had suggested this Drew Barrymore book, but the only copy. Well, one, The Strand lied to us. And yes, I'm calling out The Strand. They said they had a copy and then they didn't. No, I mean, The Strand wants to cash in on this old New Yorker Patty Smith cachet where everybody's like obsessed with them. and They're constantly doing a fundraiser to save The Strand. And it's just like, where's the service? All you sell is like Star Wars socks and then lie about books that you don't even have in stock. Anyway, so you were like, oh, Lily, we need you to do pictures. And so I was like, okay. So I got the Nate from the library to check it out. And then I feel like I got already so deep in it. And I was like, well, this is fully a book, Stephen. Get ready. But like, we have to do it because now I'm reading about how his partner died in a tsunami. Which I knew. And that was one of the only things I knew about him is that his partner died in the infamous 2004 tsunami then yes we get the book and i was like oh there's a lot of text in here like there's a lot of gorgeous pictures but it's not ellen's book where it's just like mostly pictures of her being like this is my 11th house that i bought like this is really his theory of kind of his theory of design definitely his being a faggot growing up and like how being gay makes you an interior designer is like a huge theme of this book it's like how to be a faggot um i also kind of thought I was going to be like instantly like roasting him and being like oh this faggot but then like pretty fast I was just like I am you and I am you and I'm sobbing at this incredible story of tragedy and how poignantly he's telling it and for those of you who don't know like Nate Burgess is famous because he was kind of Oprah's like gay and so he was brought on the show a lot really near the height of Oprah's like influence Hapo over this country Studios. Hapo Studios and so he's kind of a Chicago based person obviously Oprah's Chicago based and that's how he really became super prominent and then you know, had already launched his own design firm. And then I think he had his own show for a while, like the Nate Burkus show or something. He got his own show because there's a shift in the book. So basically this book is like how he became a designer, how he's like so fucking gay. And <laughs> and the beginning is so amazing. And he's just like talking about how he's like, for my 13th birthday, my parents gave me a bar mitzvah gift better than any other gift. And it was to renovate <laughs> their basement. 
and he got to renovate their unfinished basement and turn it into his like own bunker and he made it this like insane just like 80s like conversation pit and it was like so many reds and blacks and polka dots and it's a very that Instagram the 80s interior it's very that Instagram and he's like well most kids were you know running home to like look at a playboy or like play matchsticks like I was running home to check my new countertops arrived and I was like where were you like ordering from like these insane warehouse catalogs parents are giving him a countertop budget for also like countertops in a bedroom is kind of crazy although you might remember in my do you remember my high school bedroom i fully you had a had built-in like this, like, desk i had a built-in desk that was like this insane wraparound full staples ass no workstation way. it was it so was... crazy raymore and flanagan staples it was like cabinets and it was like different drawers for laptops and just like so many drawers for you to like and then wasn't there a step to your bedroom or am i thinking of former guest no. physical therapy's brother's bedroom that like has yes his brother's bedroom had this very 80s like a bed on a platform like on a like on like a big like fuck pyramid where you would like step up the carpeted steps but i did have countertops the first introduction to his mom my mother had and has to this day an unbelievable sense of scale <laughs> right <laughs> just to refer Anything to your mother's sense just be of like, scale oh, she has an amazing sense of scale if you pick up this amazing coffee table book drink every time he literally says flea markets because it's every other word and he's like he loves to comb the earth comb the earth whether it's france the east village madagascar yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the best thing he's like it's funny my mother was so surprised when I told her I was gay. And it's like they spend classic, like she's so in denial. They spent his entire childhood like going to flea markets. I think we can all imagine a mom, because his mom is an interior designer. Any interior designer mom is obviously going to be so obsessed with herself that like she's not even noticing that her son is a faggot. And she's like, oh, he has gorgeous style. And, and she's like choosing drapes. And she's like, Nate, what do you think of this one? And he's like, I hate it, mom. And she's like, oh, <laughs> it is dreadful. But like not thinking at all that like why he's there at the drapery with her. So then the father was the founder of the National Sports Collectors Convention, which, which is very is the most insanely specific like 80s like traveling businessman job to have where it's like you founded a convention where people like trade like Ken Griffey bobbleheads. I will with say each other. this, the sports trading industry was so much bigger the 70s, 80s, 90s. I used to go to the store the card dog the cat dog, <laughs> the cat dog, um, and it was, and, and you would pretend to know about like Wayne Gretzky stuff. Well, and it so matches, I feel like my personality because I was so, you know, I would buy all my Wayne Gretzky Vintage, and Ken Griffey yeah. cards there, but above it was a furniture store called Sozio that sold <clears throat> retro dinette furniture and i was like one day i'm gonna have a retro dinette for only 12.99 from sozio am i gonna have the matching end tables and if only baseball cards that's saying baseball cards are hardly worth anything if only my ken griffey cards were worth anything today then i could buy the sozio set the beanie babies craze all over gets i mean darling it goes back to tulips in amsterdam (laughs) i mean there's always going to be a craze. Don't fall for it. And so, you know, it travels. Nate's, you know, he's in high school and then he goes to college and he is like, oh. So wait, so let's talk about how he goes. This, I want to ask you. Yeah. So we went to Cushing Academy, which is kind of North Central Mass. Yeah, which I've heard of people going there. I was trying to figure out if we know anyone who went to Cushing. Cushing, I Cushing. Part of the <laughs> VIP lounge. Cushing alum. Because I know we have some mass holes in the Slack, in the VIP. And by the way, 
if you're not part of the VIP lounge yet. Oh, honey, get in there. Get we in. have a crazy session today. Today with, is completely uh, mad young me. We have young me mayor, um, formerly of Mission Chinese, and she drops some dirty, dirty tea. Um, and we really like lay into a lot of the restaurants in New York. Um, in a big There's way. a reason why it's paywalled. So yeah. get in there and don't tell on, I don't know, don't be a narc, but get in yeah, there. Yeah, don't be a narc, but get in there and like get the tea. Uh, okay, so he goes to private school in the New England. So he's like, whatever. He's from Chicago, outskirts of Chicago, like doesn't necessarily outskirts, outskirts. suburbs, some might say. <laughs> yeah, the outskirts, suburbs, <laughs> so also him sound some like might say. Such a boxcar child. Something was also very Chicago to me about like being a mom interior designer in the eighties, like this huge book. Can't you say like what? Because like Chicago is very like business in this way, and like like nine to five buildings, five buildings sure, like yeah. stilettos buildings. stomping and. It's like this woman, she has this big binder full of fabric swatches. And he's like running behind her in this little navy blazer trying to keep up. It's, <laughs> I'm thinking for that, remember that, that horrible movie, Mother's Day, that's so amazing with Julie <laughs> yes. Roberts. Isn't like Reese, where somebody in that movie is an interior designer. And even though it's set in like 2009, like she's still holding, having like a binder and being no. like, I'm doing my big presentation. And she's pulling out like so much foam core. That may happen in Mother's Day, but I think you're thinking of Home Again, which was directed by Nancy Meyer's daughter. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the movie I'm thinking <laughs> yes. of. Wait, that movie was so bad. That was her daughter making a fake Nancy Meyer's movie. And that was even too bad for us, I think. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> this is too far. Like, I will watch anything with a woman in it, but this is almost too far. And Nate Berkus brings up how he misses collages in the <laughs> book. He's like, remember how he misses collages. I think he's like, talk so. Anyway, in the, we'll get into this, but he goes after kind of describing his life and the horrible tsunami. It's sections and chapters of people's homes he's decorated and loves. And like one person has like fun. He's like, oh, what happened to like cutting up photos of your best friends and putting them on foam core? Oh, yeah. But of course, he's like far too precious and everything is so like perfect, like psycho, psycho OCD arranged in this way that a lot of interior designers are. Um, so he could never do that. And he could never. But he like admires people, people who, who can, can have that do rawness. That. We also, when he was in high school, his French teacher's name was Cheryl Storm. Wait, hold on. I, I have the... And he was like, and she like inspired me to like think about what like what Do, could be wait. she. I have the quote. Thanks to my glamorous French teacher, Cheryl Storm, who had cool earrings, wore her bangs at a very chic angle, and rocked a designer scarf over her shoulder. But that is so true. My high school French teacher, Brigitte Tournier, like... Madame Tellier was, like, obviously, like, such a French teacher, like, asymmetrical bob, leather mini skirt, like, cool glasses, like, and everyone else was, like, such a frumpy ass, like, English teacher at the school. So it was, like, obviously, if you're gay, you're being, like, wait, who is this, like, fabulous chica who's so divorced and, like, doesn't give an F? Literally Emily in Paris syndrome. Right, Emily in Paris (laughs) syndrome. And then you're, like, I mean, he is being, the first part of the book is extremely me because he's, like, I love New England and, like, preppy, but then when I went to Paris for my study of (laughs) broad year it completely (laughs) defined my personality and you're like okay you're really kind of saying the quiet part loud here (laughs) like he literally says going to paris on study abroad is why i am no he is so gay i mean obviously but it's just like i i guess i thought he was gonna be a little more of a like calm faggot and not just being like yes bitch i bought a set of 60 champagne flutes so i could drink mimosas with my boyfriend and my fabulous girlfriends yeah (laughs) 
I'd get an idea like maybe hanging a canopy over my bed, and before you could say popcorn ceiling, I'd be on the stepladder with a sheet, a staple gun, and a pocket full of thumbtacks. This line when he goes to college, so he goes to Lake Forest College, which so he goes back to Chicago, and he goes, I remember an overpowering need for Ralph Lauren sheets on my dorm bed. My mother told yeah. me I was being ridiculous, but I was so determined I ended up scoring those sheets on sale at TJ Maxx. Oh, he also like goes to TJ Maxx to buy special luggage to go study abroad I in mean, France? You know, I bought my parents Ralph Lauren sheets for this Christmas at Macy's basement. <laughs> <laughs> that you rent so out? That I rent out and I did use their credit card to buy them. But here's the thing. <laughs> you can still find good deals on designer sheets at... I mean, think about like Ralph Lauren sheets is they're not like designer sheets. They're just like this... More like 80s, 90s sheet. thing to have. I, I would say I have bought many as she did TJ Maxx. You're getting a gorgeous Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren. You're getting those name brands. Let me read this part about Paris. So <laughs> Paris was also the first time I fell in love with someone else's interior. Oh, that line. It belonged to my friend Maria. And my favorite room was the cavernous kitchen, complete with a huge old stove, Delft tiles, and an antique oak table on an iron base, surrounded by chairs that didn't match. There were no built-in cabinets, no Lazy Susan, nothing even remotely Formica. So it's like, it was like, he was like, wait, it wasn't so like suburban Chicago. It was like being farmhouse. And it was like the first time he thought that you could have something that was like a little bit messy, a little bit antique, a little bit off. Right. He was like, wait, hold on. You can get an antique French chair and pair it with a Lucite chair. What was, what was the first interior you fell in love with? That wasn't my someone else's interior. That wasn't your like built-in well, staples. It wasn't bedroom. my built-in like staples workstation at my parents' with house. your Tomb Raider poster. Uh, okay, so there's two that come to mind. So one, of course, is Mike and Sue, my parents' like really fabulous friends mm-hmm. who live in Boston South End. Never married, mm. of course. Um, Wait, they, they never this, married? No, sorry, never had kids. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's an insane thing. To say. Um, she's the one who is always. She asked. Um, my brother what his favorite meal was and he was like salmon and she was like your favorite meal can't be salmon it has to be pasta with fresh tomatoes and that's defined both of our yeah that's kind of defined our lives and that is segments so (laughs) but they have this wood paneled living room Mm. and with like really gore and it was like and it was so like you know rich and study and and like warm and i was just like oh my god i never thought that you could have a wall that wasn't anything but like my parents insane like wallpaper or like right. that they had growing up and i was just like wow this is so intense they also had this it was a bust that was mounted on the wall and i was like a sculpture could be mounted on the wall i mean it blew my mind as like a 10 year old wow to be in that space and then the other one I would say was my like high school best friend Ben, whose house, house, as you remember, was psycho. That house still shakes me to my core because it was to dock. It was that like house. this full Miami mansion, and it was pillars, like, in the middle of Newton, white, like white stucco, like crazy, crazy modern mansion, just like with like under lighting, like cruise ship lighting on the staircase. Oh, right. The light in the like, staircase, like dr- it was also the cleanest house I think I had ever seen. Like I had never seen. Most psychotically clean house. Everything in the kitchen was like hidden, like, you know, so modern kitchen where not, you can't tell where anything is. Like Chihuly-esque, like chandeliers. Like the house was insane. And it was on this like block in, in Newton, Massachusetts, where every other house was like a tutor. It was like so kooky. So that was the first time. I mean, I was always like, 
there's something crazy up with this house, but like it definitely was like a time when I noticed design. As my jaw, I think that house was huge for me. I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, because I was like, oh, Miami seems like so cool. And I was so into Versace. And I was like, everyone's mm. most parent houses that you went to that time, it's like, and he, Nate Burgess, talks a lot about this is like having that dark, heavy dining room that no one goes yeah. into, the living room yeah. no one lives in. Yeah. No, I think every house that I knew as a child was just had an unused living room and like an unused dining room. Just dark, 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 and everything the darkest wood and the darkest colors. But when I think about, yeah, cheers, I guess, that come to mind were probably friends of my parents. Oh, this one, who, again, a couple that didn't have children, they had a loft. They had yeah, this. There you go. This Cambridge loft, first, that was two floors though. First floor was like this kind of crazy, uneven wood. Oh, by the way, Howard Zinn officiated this couple's wedding oh my god yeah wow cambridge royalty and then they had like a kind of glassed area so you could see the basement floor that's so fab i love interior windows as you know i have an interior window in my apartment and um (laughs) it's fab (laughs) it's not quite that fab but it's weird yeah it's definitely weird (laughs) <laughs> um, but it's like, but this goes to back to, the, not back, but this brings up the point, which is that um, before, like, you know, very recently, couples with kids did not have access to, like, cool design lives. Like, you couldn't really live in a cool house if you had kids. Right, like, it had period. to be, like, heavy and toys and disgusting. And I think, I don't know if Nate Burkus had... I don't think he's part of the movement that made, like parents now be so wanting to have like architectural sunken like built-ins whatever but like that's a very recent development which is that parents who have kids like want to be chic right i think they are allowing themselves that they can be chic and i think that's just because of like the wayfarism and like tarkiness where you're like you can have a comfy foam and century couch yeah that's true and like everything is more like supposed to be stylish and that's like what's accessible to people now celebrity book club this episode is sponsored by zocdoc you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms achy back headache runny nose itchy eye wart on my genitals So let me guess, you stumbled down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. 
Then find Enbook, a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Back to Nate. <laughs> Back to Nate. So he goes to this horrible tragedy and, you know, I, God, I mean, I, I cried at this section. Like it was, it was so devastating. I thought his like partner died like just separately on a trip. I didn't realize they were like holding hands in the tsunami, gripping to a pole and he was screaming his name. And then, like, he gets carried away and he was like, and that was the last time I ever saw him. So he also does it, like, you know, like, fully Oprah sent, like, a search team yeah. there? Yeah. I was, I was like, yeah, there was that point where he was like, so Oprah, like, and everyone thought it would be good if, like, they sent, like, a separate entire, like, federal search team from Singapore to come over via helicopter. <laughs> Which like, is just like, my boyfriend. yeah, it's like, mm, everyone else kind of. Yeah, they can just lie dead, but it is like yeah. Oprah sending the search team to find this gay guy. But it's absolutely so sad. And it was so crazy how fast it was like, like they were on like this really cute trip and he was like, you know, and they'd like had so many conversations about like their lives together and how they love being with each other. And then they were about to like donate all these backpacks to like Orphans. local children. Well, and he was being so like white guilt, but then being like, uh, but like, am I being so white guilt? But then we like... We're like, okay, we'll like do this backpack thing. He's like, he stops at an orphanage and to like get out to give them presents. And then he stops himself and is like, no, I'm not going to do that. But he's like, but I am going to do this backpack project. So he's calling himself in and canceling himself. But what's crazy is Fernando, his RIP, his partner is like pushes him to go on this three week vacation where they like go to Cambodia, like go to multiple places, go to cities, go to beach towns. And Nate had only ever done like weekends, like had the Blackberry on. He's like, you need to learn how to unplug. Yeah. And then he unplugged. He always wanted to be available to like jump on the next freelance job. And then like he actually unplugged. And it's like, wow, the first time you unplug, tsunami. Like actually so depressing. I mean, it was so just terrifying where he like, they're like, like all of a sudden he wakes up and like they're being pounded with water and he was just like, oh my God. And like, all I could think of was like, okay, just like calm down until you can get above water again to take another breath because it's going to pull you under. And it did remind me of my near death experience on Nantucket two summers ago, almost drowning, where I was just like being slammed by the water. and I was like, oh my God, like I'm having less and less time to come up for air. And then the fact that they found each other, like, in this crazy swirling water that's moving 40 miles an hour. They found each other again. There's, like, cows and, like, steel fences and people and, like, th- like everything is, like, moving in this crazy swirl of water. And then they're, like, clinging to this telephone pole and they, like, are holding each other's arms. And then all of a sudden they get, like, knocked again and, like, get pulled apart. And he's like, that's the last time I ever saw him. And then, like, he manages to cling to some, like, chimney on a roof somewhere and then he just never finds him. I mean, I've always said it since I was a young child. Tsunamis are my worst fear. Wow. Okay. So this <laughs> hit home for me. And I too. Yeah. Growing up in Cambridge, it's definitely. Okay, a, you're uh, so tied from Clueless though about this one time you got caught in a rip current. But I um, was in it. But I was. That I mean, I did have. I mean, it was there. It was on the beach. It wasn't. I wasn't specifically afraid of, of like a Southeast Asian weather like event. I remember I got caught in a rip current 
when we were in the Hamptons, we snuck into a beach, you know, in our 20s, and my top came off, and then we got yelled at and got kicked out of the beach. But were, were you fearing for your life? Yeah. I was, like, gasping and... Oh, fuck. Yeah. And you thought, oh, it's so funny. Lily looks crazy and topless. Yes. Were you were you saying help? I wasn't like it wasn't like you were saying help, and I was like not helping. Well, you. I finally like I don't think there was a way for you to help. It's like I found my way out. The point is, the tsunami point is, suck. I'm sorry, tsunami <laughs> suck, and I'm sorry you had that experience, and I want you to reclaim the water because the beach is a beautiful thing. If I were him, like I would be so fucking terrified of like beaches and water and that kind of shit. One of the most insane things about this book is it's you know. And I went home and I got in bed for three weeks, you know, and all I had was like the woven photographs. No, when Oprah crawled into bed with him. (laughs) (laughs) And Oprah Oprah crawls into bed. In his oh, in his first Chicago apartment that he like bought and renoed was like persuaded by his real estate friend. And he was being so like it has amazing bones and like. I took out the walls and put in other walls. And so his parents are there. But yeah, then. Hold on. So Oprah calls in. She crawled into bed beside me and listened while I cried. I kept asking why. It was not a theoretical question. I needed something to start making sense. She was quiet for a long time, then finally spoke. I've always believed that when the soul gets what it came to get, it goes. Wow. And then he goes, in that moment, I felt I understood what Fernando had come to get home. So it was like Fernando was finally happy. He finally found his home with Nate. And so his soul could depart. Could go. I mean, that's so Oprah, but I kind of hate that. It's like his his soul wanted his boyfriend to go on vacation. And he was like, my work here is done. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, I can now pass. I was going to say also the just the juxtaposition of just like, so Oprah gets in bed with him. And then it's just like, I met Judy like this. And then it just goes into 12 people's houses that he's done. 12 people's houses. Yeah. I mean, he is gay. And ultimately, this book is about lamps. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, also, I just read this. The level of Buddha in this book, this might be the most like deeply Buddha book. I was going to say, it's almost in- so Buddha. It's not Buddha. It's so Buddha. It's not Buddha. Okay, look, listen, I brought... there are Buddhas. There are bulls. There are so <laughs> no. many like so many like shallow East Asian bulls and so many things. Like this actually is a tradition from this ancient Japanese tribe. It's like everything is some like But it's also ancient... yeah, it's very ancient, but it's also so driftwood and it's like every yeah. single person he's like it's actually a piece of beach glass that when I was yeah. walking with my husband came up and we said, this is the beach glass that defined our marriage. And that beach glass sits on a mantle that's reclaimed from a fireplace that I bought yeah. <laughs> in China, but the fireplace is actually French. <laughs> like, this is just a random page I just opened to. Over a decade late adventure, he and I have ducked in and out of who knows how many antique marts and flea markets from Milan to Mexico. Like, as you said, drink every time there's a flea market. I cannot remember ever seeing Brian buy anything. I'm the guy you glare at as he attempts to stuff the Moroccan side table under his airplane seat. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> it never ends with this It bitch. never ends with the flea markets. He's like... <laughs> The best friend, someone you go to flea markets with and you don't reach for the same thing. This is like the every like white person owns a Buddha statue philosophy is basically this. 
I like to find stuff and then put it in a more worshipful setting, mm-hmm. which means that in his guest room, a small Asian painting he found at a Chinese flea market in Manhattan, and which he happily dismisses as a piece of junk, has been done up in a new black frame with a generous silk mat. It is on its way to dominating an entire wall. On its way to dominating a on wall. On its way. <laughs> Just like The people all also are such an amazing range. So it's um, Holly Robinson Pete's mom. Yeah, that was a real curveball. Same, and I and the he, guy who the pursuit of happiness, happiness guy. is based on. Wait, and by the way, you know I saw that movie alone in Chicago. Call back to Chicago during college because it was like the middle of the day, and I feel like I had a weird break in classes, and I was like, I'm just gonna sneak into Pursuit of Happiness. Sobbed, of course, throughout the movie. Wow, um, I definitely saw that on a plane. Pursuit of Happiness, the real guy it's based on. Amazing film, check out. <laughs> It's so <laughs> super inspirational. So he gets him like, of course, this guy has like more of a raw like loft, but he wants it to make it much more homey. And they get into this huge fight about this huge leather couch because obviously he's just like a big straight man who wants this huge leather couch. This, to me, this was such a red flag because like he act- that couch is actually nice and it's yeah. very deep. And the fact that Nate was like against like the depth of the couch, like to me, it's like. He is still this weird, like, fancy gay interior designer who likes so much, like, chintzy stuff and, like, so much chinoiserie and so much overstuffed couches, but, like, doesn't necessarily know why depth is the most important thing in a couch. And he's still just, like, a lot of the couches in this book are, like, not that deep and are kind of shallow. And, like, the one guy who wants this deep leather couch, he's, like, he tried to fight him on it. Yeah, and then he's, like, and I finally got it, like, and it does go with everything else we picked. And, like, we have all these, like, amazing framed photos of, like, him with the Obamas and, like, and he loves watching college football. But it's, like, it seems like a chic older man's leather couch. It's definitely a chic couch. I love that couch. And, yes, he did a great job of designing around it with... The dark colors, like the blacks, you know, it's it's masculine but refined. He also defines, and I feel like we talk about this a lot, just like interior designer challenge. Don't put a weird chair in a corner or against a wall that no yeah. one will ever sit in. What they're obsessed with doing is creating these little like mise-en-scene. Like vignettes. These little like moments. These vignettes. Sorry. Yeah. And I love vignettes too. But it's like if the vignette has no purpose, if no one is ever going to sit in the chair... Why is they chose? Also, they're obsessed. Like, there are some shots in this book. Like, I wrote one down later in Fabiola Bassacola, who we need to get to. <laughs> yeah. Where there's a shot where there's like, I don't know, there's like 90 chairs in one. <laughs> yeah, it's like. And I saw this on a gay, I'll call out this gay without naming them, but like, I a gay I know who like, they are like interior designers, like work and design kind of. Like, and I saw an inside shot of their house and it was like, I don't know, there was 90 chairs in the apartment. And it's just like, like between like the couch and the love seat and the bench and the other chair and the side chair and like the dining chair and then the desk. And it's like all in the same room. It's just like chill out with the 18 different forms of seating in one space. And I think why people end up going so chair and vignette because like it can look chic. And I think if you are, say again, at a flea market, whether you're in South Florida or Connecticut, I also was like googling because he would reference sometimes these vintage warehouses in Stratford, Connecticut or like Hollywood, Florida and I was like okay we do need to go to this random warehouse. We do need to get there. Well when we have more space to decorate I guess. I mean I feel like my hunt right now is as we talked about is possibly a sectional or I do want a diner banquet for my kitchen but you're going to find a chair more at these flea markets vintage stores. You can pick up you know, an old stool. And he's always like getting an old stool for someone and then covering it in a vintage corduroy. 
Okay, hold on. So he, the woman, um, his friend Barry, who's like really into shells and she loves the beach. Oh, yeah. When he describes her as a hunter gatherer. (laughs) Get ready for it. She's a hunter-gatherer, one of those diehard souls who wakes up at dawn on a sub-zero Chicago morning, grabs a hot cup of coffee, woolly mittens, and haunts the outdoor flea markets. (laughs) Uh. He also is, when he talks about his producer that moved to New York and who was so, like, an amazing producer, and he's like, look, when I'm interviewing someone, I don't want to know your resume. I know. Can we laugh while eating a Cobb salad at 3 (laughs) a.m.? Strung out from no sleep. Bad Chinese food. And he's always taking his friends, this one couple who's like a GQ editor at large, and the wife is like the head brand manager at the Guilt Group. The manager at the manager. Too excited. Brand strategist for the Guilt Group, which is so like 2010. The guilt group. Yeah, it's very 2010. Anyway, and he's like, so I took them to a Lower East Side affordable vintage shop where they got an Italian leather mid-century couch. Like, this credenza. Oh, and she was so freaked out to pull the trigger on, like, that many items at once. And she was, like, <laughs> yes. terrified. Wait, okay, that couple was psycho. That's the couple that they work at one desk with their laptops touching? Yes. And he and his. I hated that. He and his Italian leather chair and her and her, like, more girl boss chair. I, like, that to me was horror. I mean, he, Indiana was so adorable that they each had, like, this chair that reflected their gender on the shared glass desk with the laptop touching. And I'm like, the last thing I want is my lover's laptop to be touching my laptop. <laughs> I'm like, get out of my laptop space. And the laptops are, like, heating each other. I'm just like, no. Like, I get maybe working in the same room as your lover if you're both, like, typing away on your GQ article. But just, like, <laughs> at least not be, and be, like, staring at each other's eyes. Well, he like, made it seem like, oh, these workaholics, and they come home at night, and they're still working on the guilt group, like, emails mm. going out in the GQ. More what I wanted to say was that, like, obviously all these Lurie side and East Village vintage shops that he keeps on mentioning, like, are not affordable i imagine like i feel like he's referencing a vintage italian leather couch for four thousand as affordable right and he's like can you believe it's not seventeen thousand? yeah as versus i guess like going to like 22nd and second and buying like something straight from italy but then some of those places in 22nd and second i mean you're not mm, i don't know i mean a couch under two thousand dollars like is impossible to find unless you're going to ikea that's true so a 4k leather italian couch sure it is affordable and like leather, forget about it. As he makes it seem like it's you're getting away with like absolute murder. Okay, let's talk about Fabiola Baracasa. So one of the clients is the girl Fabiola Baracasa, and I'm flipping through this book, you know, tears streaming down my face, and then I get to this woman, and I was just like, something went off, and I was just like, I was like, wait a we second, we know her, we know her, I know this name after just seeing like the Pursuit of Happiness guy and like Holly Robinson, Pete's mom, and then it's like. Fabula Baracasa, and he's just like this fabulous, like Italian socialite. And then I'm realizing, like, I mean, I don't know if this is a person I've met, but it's definitely a person I've seen on Instagram with people we know. <laughs> right. Do you have any, you can't really place her to me other than saying that we do kind of know her? I feel like I saw her hanging out with Jeanette Hayes. Okay. And like at a Maybe big friend of the pod, Jeanette. Chicago native. Yeah, Jeanette because Hayes. I see another person that we know from Chicago Art School World in this, like, collage he said bring back collages and it's like all these photos of her like around new york and like being a new york gal anyway so she's kind of a downtown girl or maybe like a former downtown girl at this point i think she's she's former downtown i want to say i feel like she's kind of hamptons but like probably 
has this like NYC apartment that like she can collage in. <laughs> okay, this this quote from her from Fabiola. I'm not the sort of person who buys the latest L-shaped couch or who spends her days leafing through a cutting-edge design magazine. <laughs> She's like, I'm not on this fucking like L-shaped sheep train. Of all the rest of you. I'm like, what is the... La- I, I, maybe she's talking about, like, the Floyd or something. I feel like yeah, that's kind of the latest Yeah, I think she's talking about, like, our startup couches. Our Joy yeah, Birds, like, our Floyds. So fucking Floyd. I mean, we're both so Joy Bird, I guess. So... Because we're fucking sheep. We're literally sheeple. And we're not hiring Nate Burkus to get us a $6,000 couch that's a fucking steal. But then the woman in Marfa... Okay, well... I was, well, I was gonna. Now I've given it away, but I was gonna say, can you guess what my favorite house? Is? Oh, I was gonna say it's the Marfa woman because it's the most yeah. like industrial minimalist. But then it's yeah. also so you because it's just like at the end of the day, you are cheesy, like study abroad, gay, and like he does make her like a sign that says like we love all the tacos on it. Okay, I <laughs> would never have I know a sink you would that never. says all the tacos on it. Like, that was the one thing where I saw that and I was like, ew, this is disgusting. But then I loved how, like, Japanese and modern and minimalist the house I just, I know you wouldn't, but it does feel like you have, like, that could be your old life and, like, you've gotten all these, like, insane steel steel lamps and, like, at one point, I don't know who has it, but they're like... Oh, no, wait, sorry. It says make tacos, not make tacos above, above a farm sink. So insane in Marfa. To just in say Marfa. make tacos, not war. People what in Marfa war, are babe? out of control. It's like, we get it. You live really are. in Marfa. You <laughs> live in Marfa. There are tacos. You've made the, the brave decision to be like rich and like a former artist. And live in this like steel house. Okay, so Fabiola is definitely like within the like adrenochrome, like DNC, Hillary, like circuit. Producer Meg just sent us her Instagram and she's at some event with like, Nancy Pelosi is speaking. Diane von Furstenberg is like being honored. Oh, wait, this. And it's very just like we are women. I have this quote of Fabiola, which is she's not being so Buddha, but she is just being so like general bowls everywhere. <sighs> the only problem, as Fabiola says, is that when you actually place anything in the bowl, like flowers, the glass hands are concealed. Sometimes I'll put a couple of green M&Ms in there, she says with a laugh. Which I feel like is so insane, rich person, to be like, wouldn't it be ridiculous? If I put three M&Ms in this glass bowl. In this glass bowl. <laughs> like, isn't that so old school? <laughs> like, I'm well, Because she grandma. wants you be, to be able to, because the bowl is, is like two hands holding each other. And she's like, she wants to be able to see the fact that it's hands. And if the bowl's full, then you can't appreciate the hilarious design choice of it being hands. This photo is exactly what I'm talking about in terms of the insanity of seating. So this is Fabiola Veracasa's apartment. And we've got like a big like chinoiserie armless like chaise chair. We've got a love seat that's like a dark like pinstripe love seat. We've got three red leather bar stools. We've got six like wooden kitchen chairs. We have another like chinoiserie covered banquette seating. Then we have like another like kooky like elephant print like separate sitting chair it's like this is all in one photo in one room i mean it's madness when you're rich you gotta fill up the space i guess but maybe you actually don't need to fill up the space and have it be so crowded she also has that heinous lamp that i hate that's the like tree lamp that's like so west elm half the shit in here i will say looks really west elm and there's one where he gives it away and he's just like and that mirror is actually from west elm well i liked when he is like and those curtains that's from target and yeah sometimes that blanket 
It's from West Elm. Okay, then there's the girl whose style is just like barn wedding, that insane like blogger girl, and she just lives in that cycle. Oh my god, and she, her house. blog is called like She Shanties or something like that. Yeah, it's, Wait, it's called She Shanties, <laughs> and the whole house is everything is just white gauze and like white shiplap wood and like white photo albums, like all facing the same direction. Like it's so she's psycho. very friend of the pod, Sam Rosen, I guess, like with her insane <laughs> tiny cabin, and it's like her whole thing is that. She grew up homeless, and mm. so this is her, like, really reclaiming a home, but it's, like, a crazy that's also, mountain. That's so, what's her name? Trishel on, um, Trishel. Trishel on Selling Sunset. Well, it's also very yeah. Pursuit of Happiness, so. She's so fucking annoying. Before, just before we wrap this up, I do want, can I just say something? Absolutely. In, all, I, in confidence? Yeah. I fucking hate mirrored dressers. Oh my God, like, thank you for saying that. That to me is the most like pre-Girl Boss West Elm thing. It's it's so ugly and crazy. And people, and people think, think it it's Art Deco. No, it's not Art Deco. It's like so tacky and, cra- and crazy. It makes your bedroom look crazy chaotic it like reflects like the, a little bit of like any possible like mess or anything that's out of place is gonna like show up in the in the crazy dresser I'm, and it's just looking back at you with these like haunted eyes that are all the little like pegs to open the drawers it's psycho to me it's like unless it's actually this crazy thing from the 20s but they're never not they are more no. like west elm it's just like and it's honestly it's i feel like i'm at a strip club when i see one <laughs> no, thank you well now you're sounding like nate burgess's mom okay yeah. <laughs> few quick things before we get into segments one it's insane because the book ends by him talking about his apartment and how he decants one decants eggs and he basically moves into the apartment with his boyfriend that sounds like carrie's apartment in at just like that it's like a big modern windows looking over the hudson like full 11th it's actually it's in that jean nouvelle building of course you know as like every modern celebrity loves that's right north of the isc building the barry dill building like on the west side it's like by the whitney and like and it's yeah, and it's just like so modern, and it is so Carrie being like, where it like, where am I? I'm floating. Washer, like, where am I? I'm floating. So then after and it's that, like so awkward. It sounds like he moves to Chelsea, and he's like, I'm with not- his new Latin boyfriend, Carlos. Right, and then I googled him, so they're broken up. He is now married to someone else, and they have a daughter named Poppy. Wait, Carlos is over. Carlos I guess, is over. I mean. If I were Carlos, I would break up with him reading this book because it's all about Fernando and Carlos is barely mentioned. And it's just like, and then he's like, and then in this home, like, here's all these, like, this cloche that belonged to Fernando. And he's like, look at this sconce that belonged (laughs) to Fernando. And like, I'm Carlos. And I mean, can we chill with the sconce? And it's like, yes, obviously he needs to honor Fernando, but it really is like clearly like the boyfriend he needed to get over for and it's like and in a bowl i found at a thrift store in florida of all places sits one of carlos's like combs my <laughs> a matchbook from fernando's aunt's restaurant like and he's like and there the three of us sat all together and now he has like such a more like insane chiseled white. I'm looking, it's a it's a chiseled white twink, like younger, basically younger, a younger version yeah. of himself, like Jeremiah. Jeremiah, God, they, Jeremiah Brent. That is the most like insane gay twink name. name I've ever heard. Also, he says that he's like, I'm not the type of boyfriend that like comes home and says like, how was your day? Like, I come Their home. Children's names: Oscar with a K, Michael Brent Burkus. Oscar Michael Brent Burkus. Oscar, Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah, Poppy, Oscar, Michael, Brent, Burkett. <laughs> wow, the 
fag atrociousness of that family, but good for them and all of their interior design work. No, literally, he's being so Carrie here. <laughs> I've always been drawn to the energy of New York City. The people let you know exactly where you stand within seconds of saying hello. <clears throat> You're never more than a 22-minute subway ride from dim sum or tapas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, also, quick sidebar before we go. Dr. Ruth is my dad. She collects glass turtles. He talks about, yeah, definitely. Because, and it's turtles because she's like a Holocaust survivor. And so the turtle is a symbol of like Jewish survival because it like has its home on its back, which is not really my dad's. (laughs) It also sounds like Dr. Ruth was the most challenging, but obviously he was obsessed with it and being like, I honor you. But he was just like, she wouldn't let me get rid of anything. And like she collected board games and turtles. (laughs) Yeah. And she's a hoarder. (laughs) So are my parents. The segment segment flea flea market. market. What does she wear? How does she eat? What does she live? Where does she live? Um, okay. Uh, what does she wear? What does she he wear? Is... He's so into her designer. It's like Stan Smith, really good faded pair of seven jeans and like a J. Crew sweatshirt. I think he's a little bit more Levi's uh, straight like 5'11s and like Levi's T. And then like... Full Levi's? Levi's T. And then... <laughs> Head to toe and then, Levi's. Um, no. And then like a... a, like a like a button down from like Rag and Bone or like some store that's called like Lijonaire. Yes, it's or like- really nice Rag and Bone, but he's it's in that designer style. I think it's like really good basics. Yeah, but definitely nothing oversized ever. Everything is pretty fitted. Yeah, I guess I was saying with the jeans, like it's not, they're not like skin tight where I think Jeremiah probably wears skin tight jeans. Yeah, that's why I said 5'11s. Right, which. But you. are not skin tight. They're not skin tight. It's true. That was, that was my classic go to for quite a while. What happened? I went a little more dad fit. I was like, let's right. go a little bit Fuck baggier. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Urban Outfitters, dad fit. Dad vibes. fit. Yeah, total dad 90s, anyone? I'm uh, sorry, but our dads had the best fucking style. Like, no one's ready to talk about it. Like, I'll come out and say, my dad's a style icon. Like, I love fucking raiding his closet when I'm home, okay? <laughs> Hell yes. What's up with my parents, like, not knowing the Wi Fi password? I mean, come on, guys. Like, well. <laughs> Dude, this book was also, is also so that SNL skit where they talk about going home for Thanksgiving and that whole thing about bowls and how parents have bowls everywhere. Parents have bowls everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Interior designers are just like bowls. There's a bowl. What made me? I feel like I need to reconsider in my life when I'm like at a flea market, as I love to do. Mm-hmm. Is like I feel like I do need to be more searching for like an edge of a fireplace that can be turned into a cheese board. Yes, you need to think about repurposing objects more and have that imagination that only a Chicago gay. A to see it. Chicago gay. Okay, what does he uh, eat? Eat Cobb's salads because he mentioned Cobb's, Chicago, Cobb. I think Chicago dogs. I think he. I mean, he's obviously a citizen of the world. Is he? Are they being so like? Let's do Egyptian tonight. Yeah, I think it's Egyptian tonight. I think he's also does like totally vegging out. He mentions having friends over for pad thai and like why you need a great table, whether it's to work on or to have. He's pad definitely thai. like portion control. I feel, although I kind of get the sense. I'll just say it that he's the top. Um, yeah, he's definitely the top with Jeremiah, and so I think that means that he is a little bit more like having a little bit more pod tie, and maybe tie? like is okay with 
yeah, p- pod tie, and maybe he's getting a little bit of a waistline, and that's okay because he's the top. And I think in this Chicago way, like he's like, I love deep dish. It's my hometown, but is portion control like has like one slice, and is like yes, and then like puts it down. Is like that's the one slice, and so, he's having a burger, and then be like, I'm gonna be paying for this tomorrow, and it's has a, a like a trainer, and he's like, he has a trainer, of course, right. that he's and they like, four days a week, and they work out at like five a.m. Okay, how does he live? I think we've covered this. Um, and, and yeah, how does he live? But I guess the question is, how does he live with Jeremiah? And I think Fernando's things are still around, but I yeah. think they're like, I think I'll he. Tell you what, the Carlos Carlos's comb is probably long. No, gone. that bull. It's not Jeremiah, Carlos, <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> Just monuments to every ex. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Jeremiah's like, oh, I love these woven photographs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the tsunami death has to, like, play a role, because it's pretty key. But now they do have kids, so it's, like... I feel like there's, like, organic popcorn also in there, and, like, they're cooking with their kids. And, like, making okay, like one... kernels of organic popcorn that they're, like, homemaking? Yeah, they're, they're like, like, popping organic right, popcorn. Right, and, like, and, like pop- Poppy and Oscar are being, like... Daddies, daddies, can we have organic homemade popcorn again for movie night again? Daddies. And they're like, yes, little kids, like get up on your little Jean Prouvé step stool and fill the antique pot that we got at a flea market right. in Shanghai in Florida. with organic kernels for your popcorn. And snack. he's learned to like not be too worried about this like antique bowl breaking if Poppy. Yeah, because they can always go to another, another flea market, flea market. of Chengdu. He says he's not done with flea markets yet, but he want, he's like, I want to come to a point in my life where I just focus on the things that I love. Right. The things that matter. The things that matter. Which brings us to who are you in the book? Obviously, we are both Nate in ways. Okay, but I am his producer friend, Corinne. Oh. The one who moves to New York. Because do you remember? I was going to say, because when I was thinking about it, I was like, is Stephen Corinne? And I was like, Stephen isn't Corinne because I just like, I don't think you're as like, oh, I'm just getting this random apartment on 37th because it's close to the studio. Okay, but hold on because there is this part where, because it was she was kind of like bitchy. Yeah, like I, I could say that... like maybe like she has like kind of your sense of humor, and again like Cobb salads, and he's oh We're he's really like reading into this. I think you're like a mix of Marfa woman, his mom, and Nate. What? How do you relate to Corinne? <laughs> okay, wait. She grew up in New York, spending summers and weekends between houses in Montauk and Nantucket. And then she still visits her mother at the cottage in Nantucket whenever she can. So the mother living on Nantucket really spoke to me. And her great-grandmother was a copywriter, darling. Oh, madman. So I feel like, so she's kind of this like madman descendant. I mean, I'm not a madman descendant. I'm more of a copywriter myself. But it's just like that element of just like, I'm a copywriter gal about town, the mom in Nantucket. Like, I don't have time for this, you know? Right. Like your style is a little more the Marfa woman where it's like you want these Agreed. concrete floors and like low no. couch. But you're I hate, not. I hate Corinne's girl boss style with the brass lamps. This is disgusting. And she's so like mirrored. Oh, everyone in here, everyone's style is just big coffee table book stacked also with a bowl and a vase. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's Jonathan, about to call him Jonathan Adler, sorry, <laughs> Nate Burkus. That's right. He's <laughs> just, I mean, that's so interior designer be like. That's all interior designers do is stack big coffee table books. And now I have another one. <laughs> right, to stack the up. Things That Matter by Nate Burkus. <laughs> okay, I do, yeah, but my style is more Marfa chick. Okay, do you think I was... Do you think you're in pursuit of happiness, guy? Because you w- want to watch football I with think the guys? I'm actually more 
Dr. Ruth Pursuit of Happiness Nate Burkus combo. <laughs> I'm Dr. Ruth because it sounds like she's a little like hoarder. And she has like Yeah. Yeah, she can't say no. Um and I feel like I'm Nate Burkus because I'm like always at like a Florida flea market. And Pursuit of Happiness guy, because I'm like, well, I do want to like watch TV on this big couch. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one more thing before we go. I just wanted to make this point, which is, um, I forget. Oh, this is the seashell woman, but where he puts the chalkboard on the oh, mantle. Oh, my God, yeah. Rich parents love chalkboards. It's insane. And, like, that's the one thing that is now in every, like, designed rich parent's house is a chalkboard that, like, the kids can add to. And you can, like, write the shopping list, but it's also casual. just, like, doodle on. It's casual. It's fun. It, it activates the space. I used to clean for a couple that was, like, really trying to have a baby. And I knew this because snooping in their home I guess um and it felt very we're trying and it was kind of like this raw Clinton Hill loft and they had this big chalkboard where they like wrote the menu of what they were gonna have that night on it that almost felt like even more tense because the baby wasn't there yet that's so tense and it was just being like like, Brussels sprouts (laughs) oh god and that's part of how parents now think they can be fun is chalkboard culture. It's chalkboards. <laughs> Just let it go with the chalkboard BS. Okay, well, this book was a journey. Such um, a journey. I, I, honestly, it truly surprised me. I give it four out of five uh, sconces. I give it four out of five flea markets. It It's emotional, but it's fun. And it's, again, yeah. it's a coffee table book. So you can pick it up. The first part, up you, and leaf you know, through. leaf through it. Good diversity of random ass people that he designed for your words like yes I will say I wish there were more diversity of style I guess yes and maybe even like of type of home because most of these are apartments and then there's a one Marfa home but I wish well he did more, there's like, the insane like cabin woman but I'd want to see like a huge beach house yeah and not just kind of beef- the same like big New York apartment. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see you know an uh, a Mediterranean style Southern California mansion with an attached casita. I would love to see a Northwestern lodge. You know, there's other things in here that I, I would think love you to see. Do. I guess what he's done to Oprah's place. Yeah, but I guess that's like confidential. Right, too many NDAs. Next week, we're going to be reading a book called Frontier Follies, written by the one and only pioneer woman, you know her from the Food Network, Ray Drummond, or as Stephen calls her. Ray Drummond, and she marches to the beat of her own Drummond. And stay tuned because there might be a very special surprise in that episode. Well, I mean, obviously you'll be listening next week because you're obsessed with us. And stick around for the VIP lounge right now. We're going to be joined by Young Me Mayor, famous comedian and restaurant expert. Host of the Feeling Asian podcast. And we're going to get really into, into a it. lot of topics, including talking some shit about the New York restaurant scene. Stick around. Best. Best. Hey, Chica. Welcome to the VIP lounge. Thank you, hey. all of our... 
sexy subscribers for getting in here with us. Sorry, no, go ahead, Lily. I oh my god, I was just gonna say hey to you after talking to you. Right, I know we've just been speaking for an hour, but let's keep talking. Um, I'm so excited because we have a special guest in our VIP lounge today, uh, which is rare, and not just any guest, but the most special of guests. One of the most special, a New York icon, my former student, your former classmate. <laughs> podcaster chef mom um sex symbol uh downtown icon literally probably coolest mom in new york comedian coolest podcaster in new york tiktoker extraordinaire of course we were talking about none other than young Young me me meyer hi host of the feeling asian podcast but you know it that's just one small piece of a much larger picture host of also the hairy butthole podcast young me welcome Tell us everything. Hi. How are you? Hello. Can I say that you mispronounced my name? Yes. Yes. You yes. Okay. Call you us in. Up. But you mispronounced the white part. It's my my last name is Mayer. <laughs> it's Mayer. <laughs> oh, like John Mayer. Like yeah. just like John Mayer. Which I guess funny. it is spelled like that. Okay, well that's actually more on brand for us to mispronounce like the white person part, I think. Cause like we're travelers, people of the world. But yeah. really, you know, sometimes you just gotta look into your white self and say, What are other white names? You're, I need to <laughs> You're subverting white stereotypes by mispronouncing <laughs> the white name and pronouncing the Asian name correctly in the original Korean accent. Thank you. (laughs) And we are here to subvert and we are here to queer the space in any way we can. Okay, I wanted to start off and this may seem like a gotcha question. Okay. But I know you have a big, you know, you have a lot of experience in the food world. Uh Uh-huh. Coming from a mission Chinese background. Some would say a Uh co-founder. And I wanted to ask you what you think the most overrated Italian restaurant in New York is if you had to choose between Parm Carbone and Lilia. Okay. Um, wow. Dang. Wow. This yeah. is really okay. So this is my this is my take on this, and I, this is gonna get okay. very long. I'm gonna just talk about this okay. for an hour. Is that okay? Let's, yeah. And that was just a taste of the VIP lounge. Subscribe on patreon.com slash CBC the pod to get more content like that every single week for only $5 a month. Again, that's patreon.com slash CBC the pod for $5 a month. You get access to the VIP lounge every single week. That's more Stephen and Lily every single week for only $5 a month. VIP subscribe. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects, which is bright and light and airy and filled with vintage objects. The show is produced by Meg Murnane, who comes from Basque Country, and it has editorial support from Leon Nafak, who I actually found in Patagonia. Andrew Parsons and Madeline Kaplan also do some of the producing. Um, They both are covered in hand-knit blankets uh, as we speak. Our production manager is Percy of Berlin. She comes in both Ivory and A Crew. Our original theme song is by Sim Phillips Horst. Uh, I actually found him at a flea market um, just outside of Paris. Artwork by Teddy Blanks, who just loves to buy curry at Malaysian bazaars. Follow us on Twitter at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app, which should be available um, in any number of small fishing villages uh, throughout the Yucatan. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell any of your friends that you might have met on your various travels about us. There's just something about a podcast that really tells us who we are. Best.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.